Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Braffman. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 32 of the Better Than Healthy podcast. So this week, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the topic of food neutrality. It's something that we've touched on a little bit Maybe didn't call it food neutrality, but it's one of the core concepts of intuitive eating. And this framework of approaching food is having a more neutral feeling around food. Because whether you've followed diets for a long period of time or you've just heard things like, you should eat your vegetables before you eat dessert, or you shouldn't eat after a certain time, or you should be careful about the amount of dessert that you're having. All of those things, even if they're not from a really big dieting standpoint, like we get those health messages about food that tells us that some food is good and some food is bad. And that when we are being good and eating good foods, then we are being healthier and we're taking care of ourselves and we're being better. And when we are eating unhealthy foods, like it's, we're doing something wrong or doing something indulgent. Like it's this fun thing, but you can't do it all the time because it would be bad if you did it too frequently. And on a subconscious level, when we give our brain those type of messages, even when they're well-intended, if it's someone who just is like, oh, I want you to be healthy. I just want you to feel good. But you're still getting those messages on that subconscious level because really we all have that part of our brain that is much more instinctual. It's much more just the survival focused part of our brain. And when we are giving ourselves things like that, where it's like, this is a good thing and this is the bad thing, like that part of our brain is really where a lot of the all or nothing thinking can come in where like it wants to keep us safe and doesn't want us to do bad things, but it also wants us to like have pleasure and to have just enjoyment too. So when we're telling our brain like, oh, this is the more fun thing, it's indulgent, but it's bad, it can start bringing in that black or white all or nothing thinking about food of like, I'm being good if I'm doing this, I'm being bad if I'm doing that. This thing is the harder thing to do. So I don't really want to do it because that's hard. But like, and this is the more enjoyable thing, but I'm bad if I'm doing the enjoyable thing. But this one's also bad because it's hard. And it starts bringing into our brain (laughs) this whole like complicated relationship with food and health. Because food is not neutral for you if it causes stress if it causes guilt, if you have anxiety about whether you'll eat the right foods, if you have anxiety about being tempted into eating the wrong foods, it's also not neutral for you if you feel pride when you've ate good for a day or a week or a month, when you followed things perfectly. If you're feeling good about yourself for doing that, then because with that is both sides of it. So it's not a problem to feel proud of eating good. But if you feel proud of eating good, that means you're going to be upset with yourself for eating bad. Or it can mean that. And that's where a lot of people end up going with it is like when we're celebrating doing things perfectly and eating really well, then if that's not happening, like the celebration of doing things really well is the win and the loss is not doing things well and not eating well. Which there's probably some of you who are thinking, well, I'm not trying to be perfect. Like, I'm just trying to do most of the times where I'm doing well and like I'm not striving to be perfect with it. And 
I like having the goals to work towards with food and all of those different thoughts about wanting to work towards it. It's just a lifestyle change. It's for that piece. And yes, we can work on those mindset things for celebrating the good and then letting go and not being attached to when it's going wrong. But we're creating extra work for ourselves that's just coming from a problem that we're originally creating because it's this attachment to being healthy in wellness and health culture, which is very, very prominent right now of like taking care of ourselves and taking responsibility for that and doing all these things to like as the right way of doing it. That is even creating you need to making yourself feel okay for not being perfect 100% of the time. Because when we can be more neutral with food, like food just is. Like we just eat the foods that we want. We just eat the foods that support our body. And there's nothing that we're striving for with it besides taking care of our body. And so then there's not this like, oh, I did it wrong. But you know, it's okay. I've had these other days where I've been really good. And you know, I had a bad day yesterday. But you know what? I'm going to be really good today. There's none of that that has to happen. It's all just like, I trust my body. Food is just food. Eat the way that I want to eat. And like it just is versus being this highs and lows of doing things right and doing things wrong some days. Or even if you don't consider it doing it wrong when you're not eating perfectly, if you're still having that balance of, well, yeah, but you know what? I'll just, I'll just eat a little bit better today. Like, that's okay. It's okay that I did that yesterday. Cause I'm, you know what? I'm going to be good today. Like any of that, it's just adding, it's like convincing ourselves to feel better about really a problem that we have created for ourselves or accepted from the people around it. It might not have been our idea to think about it this way. It's probably belief that we took on from the culture and the people around us, but still we can learn to change that script. Now, there's also probably some of you who are thinking when I say that like all food can be equal and that there are no bad foods, there's probably a portion of you that when you hear all food is equal that go to, well, that's just a blatant lie because it's just true that vegetables are better for you than dessert. But when I say that all of food is neutral, I don't mean that all food has the same impact on our bodies because every food is going to have different micronutrients, different macronutrients. So the carbs, fat, protein, the vitamins and minerals, the fiber, all those things are different between foods, which can have different impacts on our body. But what I mean when I say that all food is neutral is that morally, emotionally, they can have the same impact on us. I mean that our emotional response to food can be neutral. It can just be something that we enjoy or it can just be food. And I do want to clarify that by emotional response being neutral, I do somewhat mean that moral piece of it because I don't think all food will ever fully be neutral because if we are enjoying the taste of it, like that brings a little bit of pleasure for us and that's not a bad thing and not a problem because it's part of our satisfaction with food. And things like foods and smells and being in locations and certain colors, those can trigger memories in us that like, like for me, I don't think I could ever see the church window cookies, you know, those like colorful ones with like 
the colorful mini marshmallows and chocolate around it that look like stained glass windows. I don't think I could ever see those and not think of making those Christmas cookies, like making Christmas cookies at my grandma's because we would always make those. She would always make them. So when I see that food, I think of her. So that's also not neutral to me. So there are different ways where food won't be completely neutral, but we can work on the ways that we're not okay with it being not neutral because I'm okay with that connection to food because it just kind of brings up a fond memory, which I'm very okay with versus the emotional attachment to food that I was not okay with and that I experienced for years when I was trying to diet and do things perfectly. So that connection was like when I felt like a failure for having dessert when I didn't plan to or feeling like I was the worst dietitian for not being able to eat perfectly according to the plan I was setting out and feeling anxious and guilty for eating chocolate and for worrying I'd mess up on the plan again and for worrying about the judgment of people seeing me eat specific foods or what they would think if I wasn't eating a healthy food. And it was that like constant stress and anxiety around it. And even the part where I was feeling successful for eating perfectly and following my meal plan exactly for even like a month, I'd feel so amazing. Even if for just a couple of days, I would feel amazing with it. And even in those moments of feeling successful with eating perfectly exactly how I wanted to, I still had in the back of my mind, the fear of messing it up, the fear of it not being able to sustain it. Because when I'm successful for doing it perfectly, or even at the times when I gave myself the times to indulge in a way that wouldn't have been like the classic healthy, like more of like the cheat snack, cheat meal, cheat day that I would put into the plan. Even if I was following that, it was still just this constant like vigilance around food. Food neutrality to me really means not making the foods that we eat mean something about who we are as a person. Because that's what I did for so long of like, I'm a success or I'm a failure based on the food that I'm eating. And I wasn't like, that wasn't what I was consciously telling myself. And it wasn't aware that that's kind of what actually what I was telling myself. But looking back on it, like I can, like that was what it was. Because when we have that type of connection to food, it just adds so much extra anxiety and stress to our days. And it can make feel, eating feel like this, like such intense experience because it's tied to all this emotional baggage. And instead of it just being like a piece of food we're eating, it's like, does it follow my plan exactly? Like, how does it work? Like, does it fit into my macros for the day? It's like, is it the right thing or is it the wrong thing to eat all the time? And it can be very, very exhausting. So sometimes when we're mentally and physically exhausted, it can be from this constant desire to try to manage ourselves around food that comes from the diet and health culture. And it's kind of like this hustling for our health and doing things right and just working harder and using more willpower and using more discipline, which can keep us feeling like on edge around food. It can keep our nervous system feeling more like activated as if there was danger around because food can be almost talked about as this temptation and thing that's almost out to get you and ruin your health and ruin your plan and that it's there as that temptation that if you're around it then you'll mess up which can keep us on high alert for the bad foods it's kind of like we can create that similar response as if you're on like alert for 
go back to caveman times, it's like we're on alert for that saber-toothed tiger to jump out and get us. It's like we're on that alert for danger because if I eat this food, it's not good for me and then it's going to be bad for my health. And it can be this constant monitoring yourself where it's like, oh, I can't be left alone around that food. And it doesn't necessarily like feel like when I talk about it now, I talk about it with such more awareness and of really explaining some of what can happen more in that subconscious level, like the whole saber tooth tiger thing, like that danger part of it. It's not really like back when I was dieting more so like that's like I didn't really feel like, oh, I'm in danger. It was more of just this hyper aware state around food and when I was kind of just looking for it. And it really sounded more like, I can't be left alone around this food. Like, haha. Like, it was like I made light of it, even though it made me feel anxious. And, like, the way I talked about it when I wasn't kind of aware of what was happening for me and my experience with food, I just knew at that time that, like, it was more of like, oh, like, I'm just not good around food. I'm just, it's just kind of difficult to be healthy. Like all these foods are really tempting. I think I'm addicted to food. And it was more of those thoughts and telling myself, be careful not to have too much, or I shouldn't keep that in the house. It'll tempt me. Or I hope I don't have dessert there because it'll be hard to say no. It's easier to have none than to just have one. Like I'll go on vacation when I reach my goal because like I thought a vacation is a time to indulge or around the holidays and vacations, it was this excitement to not have to watch myself because it was this time that like, oh, you're on vacation. Of course you can have whatever you want. And so it didn't really sound like if you're not connecting to when I talk about it as kind of what's happening more on a subconscious level, it might just be because I think sometimes I talk about it in a more dramatic way. Because once I became aware of like that experience, like it's like you can't unsee it once you see it. And so it's easy for me now to see how like high my stress anxiety was because of the dieting rules I was trying to make myself fit into that really was activating more of my fight or flight response more often in this like hyper awareness around food, even though at the time it was just like, oh, I just got to be careful. I just got to watch it. Like, oh, it's okay. Like, Like I downplayed it to myself when I wasn't really aware of what was going on with it, which is really easy to do when we think that dieting and health and wellness culture is the normal thing. And to me, it was a normal thing. With food being neutral now, I just don't really think about food very much. And really when I think about food is when I feel hungry or when I'm planning meals so I know what to buy when I'm grocery shopping. And also think about it when I'm working, obviously, because I talk about food with all of you, but it's not this thing I have to check multiple times a day and to make sure I'm following my plan because it's that difference of like food just is. And I know, yes, like if I just ate dessert, like I would not feel good. So I don't want dessert all the time. And my body feels really good when I have vegetables and fruits and a variety of foods. And so like, I don't view food as all impacting my body the same, but I view food as not impacting who I am as a person. So let's get into the part of the episode where I give you different tips and pointers and things you can try to start feeling more neutral about food. First one is always the place that we are starting intuitive eating, which is with making sure you're honoring your hunger. Because when we aren't getting enough food, it's going to impact that biological drive for food. So obviously we're going to think about food more because eating food is that 
one of those basic needs we need for survival. And if that need's not being met, then biologically we're going to be driven to meet that need. Because it's like, if you're thirsty, you're going to be thinking about what you want to drink more than when you're not thirsty. The next one is breaking food rules. Because those food rules, like I can't have dessert until I've had dinner, is the pieces where we have rules that we took on from diet culture or things that, and maybe we like having them. You don't have to break all your food rules. Like it's just evaluating and testing to see, is this something that I believe because it's something that I want for myself? Or is this just some, one of the ways that I think I'm supposed to do things? So I've given exercises like this before, but we'll just review it again in case you haven't heard those episodes. The biggest tip is just to make sure you're breaking one rule at a time because we don't want to overwhelm ourselves because it can be extremely uncomfortable when you're breaking a food rule because it's going to be part of you that's like, I'm doing this wrong or it's not the way I'm supposed to do it because that's the part that still believes the food rule. So let's just use like, I shouldn't keep cookies in the house as an example, because if you believe if you keep cookies in the house, then you're going to overeat them. Well, then we want to commit for a week to keeping cookies in the house and eating them every day. And the really the biggest structure piece, I guess, rule, if we want to put that, because I mean, it's all semantics at that point. Like, yeah, the guideline is just to make sure we're eating it mindfully. We don't want to be mindfully sna- or mindlessly snacking because it can change our satisfaction around food or it may not be what we're truly wanting. Like we want to build that awareness piece, which is why I recommend making sure it's a time that we're mindfully having it. And because we can slip into the mindless part of it because it's a habit, because that's the side of it is like usually when we're having things and breaking rules, it's like when we're checking out of watching ourselves and monitoring ourselves around food. And like, that's the time when we're rebelling more. So we're less aware of ourselves. So we want to bring that awareness back in. So you give yourself permission for a week to eat cookies as many times as you like, as many as you want and as many times as you want throughout the day, just making sure it's a time that you're mindfully having it and just giving yourself that full permission because we want to be doing that and have that mindful approach to it because one, like when we actually have permission to have it and when we are paying attention to it, we get satisfaction a lot quicker. Like there's research around how our brain is stimulated and activated when we, when we are eating without distraction versus when we are eating with distractions. Because here's what's typically happens during this exercise is typically one of the reasons that we have such strong cravings for foods that are quote unquote the bad ones, those are ones we're telling ourselves that we can't have or we shouldn't have. And when we start to give ourselves permission and not restrict them and allow ourselves to enjoy them, as our cravings for them go down. I mean, this is like, I used to be somebody who didn't think I could go a day without eating chocolate. And I would try and try and try to just like only have one dub chocolate square once a week or a couple times a week, but because I was trying to limit them, I wanted them more often. And now that I could have chocolate anytime I don't want or anytime I wanted it, like, I just don't really think about it that often. Like sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't. And if you decide you want to end it before the week, you can. I have had people before where after just a couple days, they just truly didn't want the food that they were breaking the rule with. Like they knew they could have it, but they just didn't really want to eat it that day. And that's okay. 
Because if that's the way, you don't have to keep doing it every single day for the full week if you're having that experience. But if you're telling yourself like, well, I shouldn't have it again, then it's still based on a rule versus based on like, I just truly don't want this right now. And I, I just can't help myself but to plug it. But I have an announcement coming in a couple of weeks that if you're struggling to break food rules, then I have something that'll help you with it. I'm just going to announce it, semi-announce it here because <laughs> I just can't contain it. I'm very excited to start it. But anyway, the next one is to download our thoughts about food. So if you don't know what your food rules are, this can be a better place to start because this is when I say download your thoughts about food. Well, you imagine you're just downloading it off online. We're downloading it from our brain onto paper. So when we write things down, it can really slow us down and it can get out of like spinning in the story in our brain because it forces us to slow down. And when we're thinking it, it can feel a lot more true. And like when we see it on paper, like that can change how we're experiencing that thought. So if it's like the, I shouldn't keep cookies in the house, seeing that on the paper, it's like, it changes how we are viewing it. Of like, I shouldn't keep cookies in the house, but, but why? Like that, even just like seeing it on paper, it just activates a little bit more curiosity around it. And that's the whole point of when, why we want to download these onto paper and write them down is that way it helps us more easily question them. We can also keep track in spot because we might not know what our rules are around food, but if we are like feeling anxious about something that we're going to eat or an event, if we write all that stuff down, we're automatically going to get all those different thoughts that are impacting how we're feeling about that food or about that situation, which is why writing it down, like every line, just writing down a sentence. And for example, let's go into the, I shouldn't keep cookies in the house. Cause I know what some of the thoughts are that go around it from my own or from working with people, but I shouldn't keep cookies in the house. Cause then I'm just going to overeat them. And then it's going to mess with my diet. I might gain weight. Um, my sugar's going to be too high. What if I dessert all the time? I'm going to have diabetes. Like my health's going to get terrible. And we continue to go like, I'll never figure it out. Like we continue to go down that spiral. It's very easy to do that. And which is why when we write that down, we can slow ourselves down. We can see all those different thoughts because those are the ones that we need to work on to feel more neutral about food. And when I say work on them, what I really mean is questioning them. Like, why do I believe this? Is this something that I want to believe? Is this even true? Can we find like a sliver of untruth to it? Or where did I hear this from? Like, why do I believe this? Like we can question it and break it down and then figure out if it's something that you want to continue to believe. Or if there's something different that you want to practice believing, and then we can start practicing that. Another piece of it, because we are talking about feeling anxious and nervous about food when we're not neutral about food, is making sure we're creating a practice around processing our emotions. So really like body scanning is one of my favorite ways to do this because and when I've talked about emotions before, it's like we can resist them and not really pay attention to our body. Or if you're like me, you can be in your head with all of those thoughts that I was saying of like what it's going to mean about us and like what we're going to make it mean versus really taking that time to get into our body. Okay. Like if I'm feeling anxious, like where do I feel this in my body? And then just like breathing and paying attention to that sensation because that's how we really process the feeling part of the emotion. And going to be really uncomfortable when we're going through this process, especially with ingrained beliefs. So that's why sometimes we have to like ride that wave of the discomfort because really all emotions are waves where we're going to experience them, but none of them stay forever. 
none of them really even last for like more than 10 minutes. Sometimes they can last for a while, but usually they dissipate fairly quickly. And the last thing is really to stop making food a big deal because that's what we do. If you are, have been dieting for a long time, if you have been like watching what you're eating or trying to be healthy is we make nutrition this massive piece of it. And I'm not saying that it isn't, but we can really build it up into being this big deal where it's it's the little decisions that matter and that it's like we can make so much of it more important than it needs to be. And obviously I talk about food decisions all the time. I think food decisions are important, but when we are building them up into this big thing, then it's going to be a bigger thing for us. So so let's use a different example. So like if your coworker brings dessert into the office, it's like we can have different responses to that. It can be like, oh, I can't have that food. Or it can be like, oh, I shouldn't have that food, but I kind of want it. Like, oh, it'd be so good and tasty. But like, what would they think if I grab a couple? Or it can be that, or it can just be like, oh, they brought some food in. Do I want any? Yes or no. Like it can be that simple as like, oh, that was nice of them to bring some food in for everybody. Do I want any? in like leaving it as that, what do I want versus what are they going to like thinking about the judgments, thinking about the right choice? Cause what if there's not a right choice there? There's just the one that's you think is best for you in that moment. And that's how we start making food so much more simple instead of this big thing in our life of like that we have to be watching and monitoring ourselves around. But if we're in the habit of making it a bigger deal, the one of those early steps to stop making it a big deal is just noticing when our mind is offering us those thoughts because it's like, oh, like, of course my brain's offering me this. It's a habit that I've had. Nothing's gone wrong here. It's just what I'm used to having. Do I really want to think that way about this plate of cookies that my coworker brought in? I can have them if then like giving herself permission of like, I can have them if I want to, and I don't have to have them if I don't want to. Like, what do I want? And then just getting clarity around that. And then it's going through the different things of like processing any emotions that we have with it, like downloading any thoughts that we do. And some of those we can't always do in the moment, but coming back later, because what happens over time is it becomes that more neutral in the beginning. It can feel like multiple steps when you have to go through processing the emotion and getting all those thoughts down and working through them. That's why we have this process of coaching, why I talk about this and teach this so that way we can work towards being wherever you want to be with food, which for me, this was my goal with it, is like just not having food a big deal. And that's really what I wanted to get to when I started intuitive eating. And I definitely have gotten there and beyond that too. It's really tuning into what you want your relationship with food to look like, like what you want that experience to be. And then we start filling in the gap of like, well, like what would be the next step to getting there? So that way eventually you can just have that easy, peaceful, simple relationship with food because it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be this constant daily struggle like we've created it to be as a culture. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you're finding these episodes helpful, I would love it if you would leave me a review or share it with people so that way more people can find it. Thank you and I'll see you next week.